Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Today we're talking to Dev Randawa, who's the CEO of Fission Uranium, the Canadian uranium developer. He gives us an overview of the company and the various studies that they've been carrying out. He also gives us an insight into his views about UR Energy and Energy Fuels 232 petition and tells us why he thinks that may have backfired on them. We talk about lobbyists, East versus West geopolitics, and why he thinks the US has got this completely wrong. He's also raising money later this year, potentially, so we discuss that, and also what's next for Fission Uranium. Hi, Dev, how are you? I'm very good, thank you for having me on. No, it's great, great to see you again. We spoke, uh, I think, when you are in London for the one-to-one -one conference, so give us an update, give us the one-minute summary of what's been happening since we met back in May. It's basically like a, a, the whole series of Seinfeld, much about nothing, because right. all of us, um, us the uh, pr producers, future producers, exploration companies, um, utilities, everybody has been sitting very uh, quietly waiting for this crazy petition 232. And your timing is impeccable um, in that you saw, uh, you've seen this morning a massive drop in the two producers who went forward to yeah. the US government um, yes. and asking them, uh, demanding help uh, so that America isn't uh, susceptible to basically, they didn't come out and say it, and I'll say it, uh, they're afraid that Russia will tell Kazakhs, hey, or any other country, don't give any uranium to the United States, Yeah, and therefore we should produce our own. And in return, we want quotas, blah, 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 you know, and et cetera. You're very open about it. There was, you know, you, you, you called bullshit on it, and we'll get into that in a sec, but let, let's talk about your company now. Obviously, yeah, a lot of you are sort of treading water, I guess, all of you are roughly, I don't know, 20%, 30% down on the year, but every, it's consistent. Um, but let's remind everyone what you've got, okay? You told me it's a bit of a freak. It's a high-grade high deposit in one of the best uh, uranium-producing districts in the world. So let's, let's start with the company. Like I said, is this thing go, there's no quotas. No one will benefit more than Canadian companies. Um, you know, uh, it is simply because we, have, we are not um, friends of Russia, but, and we've got the advantage of massive grades. The grades in Canada um, are really what uh, put it up there in the same status as Kazakhstan. We simply live in a Western democracy. We've got to be careful about our environment takes a while for permitting but you know canadian companies can keep compete with anybody um and the reason is our grade so the advantage that so all canadian companies have great we have a great jurisdiction a great a great province of saskatchewan the difference that fission has over our competitors immensely um, is that we're one-tenth of the depth our deposit is compared to the areas around us um you know, Canada's always had those high grades, but first time in 60 years, someone's come along and put a hole down and said, holy crap, this is like 50 meters from surface versus yeah. 500. So basic rules in mining still apply, uh, you know, the nearer the surface, the less the costs, doesn't matter whether it's uranium, copper, gold, you, you, you name it. So even by uranium... It's not just less cost, it's less technical challenge, okay? So you gotta have great. I mean, look at the best performing gold stocks. What was it, Kirkland? Kirkland, great gray matter so but that's everybody has that but the problem is 
when someone spends a billion, $2 billion to buy you, they're always looking at risk. And uh, how do you mine, you know, 500 meters down, uh, which is what the other deposits are, four to 500. And so it's not just cheaper, it's just less risk. And, you know, when big companies are making these big decisions, that certainly comes into play because the basin has, I can name you five deposits in the basin that are high grade in yeah. Saskatchewan, but you know what? No one's touched them because they've got their metallurgy problems um, or it's just who has the expertise. And frankly, only chemical in my view really has that expertise and they've got MacArthur sitting on the sidelines. So there's not going to go out and buy next buy us or next gen or anybody. They got their plate full for many years. So, so the, I think the main thing is, is that it's less, not less costly, but less technical risk. And these big companies don't like risk. So that's a, that's really interesting. It's not it's something that we haven't discussed before. We spoke to a few sort of new entrants into the uranium space in the Athabasca Basin. So it's not necessarily a home run because you're in the Athabasca Basin. There's some other issues, right? So for investors, you need to understand that, right? Well, look at the millennium. It's one to two per one percent, but it's still a pretty good deposit. Uh, it's deep. Chemical hasn't touched it. Um, Midwest, it's got some metallurgy issues. It's really an arsenic mine with a credit for uranium. Hasn't been touched. Um, and if you look, and you know, people say history is history. Well, history teaches you something. You look at uh, Key Lake, Clough Lake. You know, these projects were found, but at the same time as others but they were close to surface. Boom, mm -hmm. mine right away, taken out. Um, Arriva, you know, Arriva, to tell you important was to have a, a shallow deposit like Clough Lake. Clough Lake is just north of our project. Only at 48 million pounds, and they built a whole milf just for it. And the government put in a road 365 days a year it runs. So it, it, it really does matter. You know, people always talk about great, but in the basin, it's not enough. Because there's yeah. it's it's littered with projects that are deep, um, but when they're that deep, it takes expertise. It's not like copper, you know. Uranium has to be mined robotically for the most part. I was told by people like Cameco, and then you go with 300 meters, you need robots. You know, maybe you're in a basement, you don't. But I'm just saying, generally, you need robots to mine that stuff. Okay, so, so I'd say that's an interesting note of caution to people looking at some of these newer players. Be aware of that before you invest. Interesting, because there will be as you know, we know the, about the demand, demand supply deficit in this space. So there will be new companies coming in. Be careful. Okay, now just remind people about what you've you've got 140 million pounds inferred indicated. You've got a very low ASIC. You know, because te technically it's and it's close to surface. You at that point, I think you told me you had a PFS on the underground and a, a BFS on the open pit, and you're looking at doing a full feasibility study for what, later this year. What's the timing on that? We we've done a uh, pre-fees on the project. We came up with a hybrid model, and uh, just to mm -hmm. be safe, I think we're going to do a another PFS. Won't take much, a few hundred grand and, and a few months to do it right. on the underground as well. The underground. Um, eliminates about 300 million off the cost and the costs only go from 670 to 720 so it's still a world-class project um, but it will take um, certainly less money uh, than expected right. and part of it is to uh, you know that 
at some company, some groups, but it started, it starts at 50 meters, right? So you don't have to yeah. freeze anything. And we're definitely in basement rock. Um, like I said, in this part of the world, and we're the only project that does not have any kind of sandstone on top. We're the only project with no sandstone at all. All other projects have some. Okay, so, so two, two more things on the company I want to understand, which is um, you obviously while you're waiting around to see what happens, and you know even when there is a decision, whatever that may be, the impact on you is not immediate necessarily. You just don't know. Yeah, I do think though that it will help uh, companies like ourselves, um, any Canadian producer. I looked at my stock today, I just, before I came on, next gen's up a little. Um, you know, we got punished um, downwards. Um, and I think we'll see, say people say, oh, okay, Canadian uranium is good as US uranium, right? And um, if that's the case, uh, even Kazakh, you know, um, it'll help us because um, it won't, uh, lift up um, it won't lift up uh, the US stuff so we're equal again you know we're back where we should be people competing a mano a mano not with corporate handouts protection and bullshit like that you know well, to me uh, that's just wrong well let's let's get into that in a second so just finish off on that so your your burn rate is is what what what, what do you what do you working your way through. You got 10 million bucks circa. We've only got 10 million left, which obviously yeah. we did nothing to last forever, but uh, we burn rate between standard three to 400,000 uh, with everything all in the way they count everything, uh, stock options. But, you know, we were ready to do a funding uh, about three, four months. We've been offered a funding a week. You know, the, the problem is flow through funds want house brand names like Fission and Denison. And so they, They'll rather give money to them because they're going to be around rather than a little company. The other problem is little companies, uh, their micro caps are so small, they can't give them much money. So yeah. we're one of their favorites. We've been offered money, but because you can do summer work right through October up in the basin, we wanted to wait for this decision to come out and we'll have it worst case Monday. So next week, you know, we, I'll be on the phones, see where the stock is at and have a board. We have a board meeting and we'll make a decision we'll raise um, funds i've been talking to the usual suspects the banks um even uh we've uh, spoken to some debt people so i that's what i've been doing the last while saying hey any day there will be a decision i don't know what the decision is but i know and certainly will leave stocks i think will generally move up a little and we'll raise some money so there's not a sh shortage of money it was just a corporate decision by the company to see what happens well yeah it's a it's a it's a, co it's a cost of money decision isn't it yeah you know you you, you don't you, you know you don't need it now you could you could wait till the end of the year quite frankly by the sounds of it or, and beyond um but it's what's the cost of that money against share price so that so again no, normal mining rules apply i get it so to so that kind of answers my next question which was about we did we did talk previously about raising some cash but you you, you don't need to do that now so let's get into it today actually just before we got on the call the markets went a little bit crazy for uh energy fuels and your energy you know it looked like they've lost 25 30 percent of their stock price what do you what what's happened do you know well i think so. I, I i don't know i mean obviously somebody knows something that none of us do um some people think 
um, obviously got a tip somewhere along the way, or it, maybe it's a bad rumor. Who knows? I don't trade the stocks. I don't. It's not my thing. Um, but obviously, someone thinks that they're not going to get a quota. Um, okay, anybody with anybody with a finished high school could have solved this one. What? Tell me one commodity in the world where there was a partial quota on twenty five percent. Give me one. Yeah, the thing was yeah. a joke. From the thing was a joke from day one. I was pissed off at Jeff for doing it. I was pissed off at Amir for joining along. I like those guys. Jeff and Amir have worked very, very hard to build those companies from scratch. You know, and they're like brothers to me. But it doesn't mean um, I can love them, but I don't have to love what they do. And that was my opinion. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It was a selfish move to get their stocks pumped up for a while, whatever. Well, guess what? It worked. But in the long run, what business works when you piss off your customers? And I talked to some people within Kazakh prong, and when they went around America, the thing that stuck out to them was how pissed off the producers were at those guys. But I don't, I, I think in defense of Amir and Jeff, I think they thought, oh, this will help us get higher prices and we can you know, do this. What they didn't realize um, I think the, the butterfly effect was that the U.S. producers were afraid to buy any uranium. They just stopped buying uranium. And Fukushima didn't stop or lower demand for uranium because today we have more reactors being built, more used. We need 195 million pounds. We needed only 145 when I started. So demand for uranium has gone up. Fukushima didn't stop any of that. What Fukushima did was change the way contracting is done. No longer do you have the long-term discipline of the Japanese in the market. Instead, you've got short-term. Like last year, 90 million pounds were bought on spot. That's almost half, 50% of all uranium that was needed last year. Remember, we needed 195, we produced about 140. But 190 of us all contracted at spot. Now, when I got into the business, it wasn't 50%. It was more like 10, 15%. So... What that tells you is contracting has changed. And so Fukushima didn't lower demand for uranium because the uranium demand has gone up. It's the way people contract. I believe without the Japanese long-term thinking, um, we've got Western utilities who don't want to carry, you know, don't want to have uh, money tied up on anything else. So they're very short-term thinkers than they were. And I think, if you, and last year, from what I'm told, it was really the Western utilities that drove the price from you know, 20 bucks, 30. And then when they backed off the the buying after this petition was filed, they came back down. And um, so uh, now they're going to be able to come back in. One thing nobody ever likes is uncertainty. And unfortunately, whether it's human nature or whatever it is, people assume the worst. So they think, oh my gosh, it could go to Trump for 25% and he'll say oh shit 100% of the uranium has to be all US made right I'm just saying so when you throw fear uncertainty any I'm very good thank you for having me on fear and greed when it comes to the markets so um, so what happened is I, I think then so they backed right off uranium prices fell all the way down to 24 <laughs> but we knew it wasn't a much that was just a fictitious market because uh, mechanical said they tried to buy a million pounds they couldn't get it they have to drive it right back up. So this 25 has never been real. It's just because, but I think if there's no quotas, 
um, then you will see, I believe, the U.S. producers going in. It's all built up. I've heard from some traders it could go as high as 40 uh, when it starts to move. Um, so, you know, to me, um, these they should have the quota was a stupid idea, selfish idea, and more importantly, and and I know Jeff and those guys well enough as to know that I don't think they meant for uranium prices to drop to 30, and I don't think they were trying to be malicious towards Canadians or anything else. But as I said before, you know there is that tendency uh, today, and for a lot of big decisions, people no longer make them make a decision because of something because of fear of something. So I think well, they tried to do that it didn't work. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's an interesting point you raised there because, you know, in all other commodities, you've kind of got this free market economy, okay? You know, if you're good at something, you do it and you sell it to the market. If you're not so good, you don't do that thing, you do, you do the thing you're good at. Now, because the fear component, the security issue, which I know you call bullshit on a, on a, on a few different platforms, um, you know, that that's clearly affecting the geopolitics of this specific commodity. We, I, I get it and we've, and, and, and we've discussed it. Um, but there's one other fact I want to kind of bring in here. So not only is America not producing enough uranium for its own needs, so it does have to deal with the rest of the world. There's going to be friendly jurisdictions like Canada, Australia, possibly parts of Africa. You know, it's all, don't, they don't have to deal with Kazakhstan from. Um, but I'm reading articles that, you know, the nuclear reactor industry, it's, it, you know, it, it, it is in part or, you know, um, subsidized at federally or state level for, for, at the reactor for the reactors. OK, now, if they're being because we always read about wind and solar being subsidized, but, you know, no one talks about nuclear being subsidized. And you've got a you've got a number of reactors due. Well, I think the phrase was, you know, will not be able to survive economically beyond 2021 if they do not continue to get help. Won't that put a lot of pressure, if that funding or that subsidy doesn't continue, isn't that another pressure point? But it's 20, we're talking, we're talking about one third of the reactor fleet here. It's, it's not insignificant. Yeah, it's not significant, but I think it's over, again, it's overdone. Americans are really good at blowing up shit, you know, like they take a little issue and make it into big. That's one of the, I do think, um, I don't see it because look, you can't, the, the natural gas, if, if people do want clean energy that actually works, renewals will never, ever touch close for two reasons, not economical and number two, no base level power. And, uh, you know, despite all this bullshit that we've heard about renewables over the years, what are we at? One, two percent. Are you kidding me? Is that one, two percent globally or is that one, two percent? Because the, the number in the state, the number, the number in the states is it's on par with nuclear at the moment, right? In 2018. Not a chance. No? Not a effing chance. Twenty percent nuclear. It's maybe right. three, four percent. Economically, it. Got it should be negative five. Look, right. Obama did his best to prop up his uh, socialist buddies and uh, between almost a trillion dollars, I believe, I've been told by some people, went right. into trying to help renewables. And every company he helped within 18 mm. months was debt. All the solar companies were all debt. Because yeah. you can't, but you know, Gore along the way picked up $300 million, happy for him. Um, so it, it didn't work. It's not 20%. I think it includes gas as a, as How a renewable. How the hell is that renewable? 
They do that in the Europe too, but yeah. I really care. That's bullshit. <laughs> I don't care what people do. I'm going to tell you, if you want to interview somebody That's a fossil. else force air up your ass, I'm telling you, gas, stand be, okay, tell you what, that's the case, why don't we all go in our garages, turn on the car and put on LNG and stay in that car, see what happens to us. There you that's go. not carbon, stay in a garage, that's your test. Look, I'm not saying nuclear is the be-all answer, but if you want clean energy, it has base load power and movable, you have to understand, Japan and Korea are little islands, they don't have hydro, they don't have those options. Mm. I just believe, and the brightest of all is China. They're growing fast and hard. And what yeah. have they learned? They may not care about polar bears in Canada, but they certainly care about clean energy, um, have less cleaner air out there. So to right. me, it's not the be-all answer, but it has to be a mix. But that's a complete joke. You know, that's I could use yeah. some crazy well, examples to get my point through. I, well, I, I hear you, but you know, a lot, a lot of lobbyists are involved. I'm looking. Well, actually, interesting point. So I'm looking at it the. It stands for lied payer, but keep going. <laughs> okay, but I'm looking at the money thrown at this. So if I'm looking at the amount of money that gas, fossil fuels, other energy supplies, including the renewable solar, wind, they're spending in the tens, if not hundreds, of millions of bucks on lobbyists. How much do you think was spent by the uranium nuclear industry last year? Hardly at all because they're kind of they have they're ballless in my view. But there you, you know go. what? Okay, well, where's the growth though? As Tim Getzel always says, we're not. If you want to talk about uranium, you have to have two stories: East versus West. Mm -hmm. India, China are going. Oh, that's cute. We're going over here. We want clean, cheap energy. That's, uh, that we actually want real green energy. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have gas. Yeah, it's East versus West. Um, key. What do our Saudi Arabia's building reactors? Haven't figured that one out. I guess they just too much money. Um, uh, the Emirates. Wonder why all these guys are doing that. I don't know. I guess guys with all the solar. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It has right. nothing to do with. Uh, it has to do with an issue of uh, the politics. The politics are, and the the problem is, especially in Europe. The way you guys vote over there is absolutely insane. So not you guys, but especially like over in Germany, and they're all representational. Nobody has a majority. So right. um, we've seen it in BC here. We had a, a party with two votes completely dictate our economy mm -hmm. through their garbage policies. Um, you know, and and every time they try to, every time government tries to get involved, they screw it up, right? Because they don't think beyond this vote. So if you take out guys who put up their finger every year oh geez what do we need to get elected again stay in power and screw the masses let's move over here a little bit but the reality is they're all jokes france got to power by saying we're going to reduce nuclear what did they announce this year that will happen in 10 years down the road yeah so they make these promises then they go holy shit we got to shut down our economy if we uh, uh, we take out nuclear well we need more fuel then we have more pollution yeah. they change Germany, what do these Same. idiots do? They spend almost a trillion dollars getting somewhere. They're going, yeah, it didn't work. Darn it. Uh, shucks. I wonder what happened. Um, and then you, then what they do, they buy the uranium, they buy nuclear power from France and che Czechoslovakia is loving. They're going, hey, guess what? We'll build it and you buy it three times what we get it for. Great idea. And unfortunately, politics is a big part of the West. In the East, it's Maslow Park, you need says until you have food, 
shelter, energy. You don't worry about uh, self-actualization and how good I feel about myself today. Mm. Um, they just don't want to put food on the table. So it's a story East versus West, and that's not going to change. Um, what we need is a couple of good crises, okay? A good kick in the ass in the West. When power doesn't work, brownouts happen, then we'll learn the lessons. But to me, um, I've never argued that it should be all nuclear. I've always said it should be a part of the mix. And America is about 20%. Um, and I think if anything Trump will do, if you listen to his speech, he says we need to provide support for the nuclear plants. If you listen to his speech, he didn't say, oh, yeah, we're going to really help uh, make sure Jeff and Amir are richer on their stock. What he said was, no, we're actually going to help the nuclear plants. Well, let's see. There you go. So that's a that's a great point because in terms of east versus west, okay, I hear what you're saying. There's a role for nuclear. There's a role for lots of different types of energy sources. There's, you know, with these you know long life storage batteries coming on board, they can store energy for renewable. It's 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 all good. We're, you know, it's all good. Uh, technology is, is is helping us. But I want to come back to this lobbyist point. You know, what's happening with the shares today? We will guess. I will. We will find out. What's happened? We, we, we wait, wait till Monday, I guess. Uh, and decision potentially on next week from Trump on 232. But you, the US is, is a particularly difficult position because of the way their politics is. These lobbyists are powerful. They're powerful. They can, they can buy votes. They can buy behavior. And that's why I say when the gas and fossil fuels are outspending nuclear by you know, 10 to 1. I'm going to be generous. It looked like looked like 20 to 1 to me. Um, you, that affects decisions by Trump and the Senate. Uh, and yeah, but, yeah, but also Trump's the same guy that Hillary spent 100 times more than he did, and she got her ass kicked. So you can spend all the money on bullshit you want. I also believe in truth, and I believe that, um, again, it's a rural... So you, you talked about East versus West. Now let's talk about... I live... The, the bullshit you guys hear in England is from New York and L.A. Now, let's get our head out of our asses and see the rest of the country. Yeah. Um, and you will see, I think, that she only won like 5% of the counties, but there was a lot of people there, which are all mm. liberal, left-wing socialists uh, who want to steal our money through taxes. Um, so that's my position is clear on it. I'm a libertarian. You go to the rest of America, they don't think like that. And for every one of those, so it, they can lobby all they want. But what they, okay, you can't, you got to remember, the left are so screwed up. They want clean energy, but they want, you see, they're competing against each other, okay? No. The oil money is competing against the uh, green people, but the green people, if they have honesty and integrity, will say nuclear needs to be a part of it. So I'm not worried. You know what? I don't stay up at night thinking about what I don't control. What I stay yeah. up at night thinking no, about I, what I, I do control. No, I hear you, Deb. But I, what I'm saying is, it's it's an environment which is complex and has many influencers. But what you can't take away from all of this is the fact that this this demand is growing. That's happening. So I buy the fact that Trump may decide not to help out, you know, Amir and Jeff. But he's going. He's 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 going to have to help out the reactors, whether it's to extend lives. So saying it's possibly a very cheap solution in reality, um, but we shall we shall see. We he needs. I'll tell you what they need to do is continue to get rid of all this ridiculous red tape. Um, the, the way the governments work, 
they're in cahoots, I believe, with all these professional organizations. I think it's the mafia myself. Um, what they do is saying, if you want to lift a piece of dirt, have 500 tests done, and that's going to cost you 100 grand. So they got to get rid of unnecessary regulation for explorers, number one. Mm. Okay. Some are just dumber than dumb. Um, the federal, what Obama did while he was in power, there's subtle little things to mess up people's lives, especially farmers' lives, ranchers' lives. Get rid of those rules. Um, if they're gonna, if they're if they're gonna help anything, give credits and etc. Absolutely help the nuclear industry. He must, and he's mentioned that he didn't say ever I was gonna help the producers. He was gonna yeah. make it easier for the. He, he, he you know, they must have. Perry's right. They need to have they're a, a far better source. At one time, they used to remember they produced forty million pounds, needed four. Now they need fifty, produce seven hundred thousand. So it's their own yes. problem. Fix the problem. Stop trying to ruin other people's lives through your own crazy socialist policies. The, okay, I hear you. So, what do you what do you think the impact therefore is going to be on these reactors if spot price increase? It's, well, it's got to for this for the producers. Impact on uh, reactors doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as the subsidies come or. Because they're not going to be able to put the prices up. The gas, the gas guys are going to make sure they can't put the prices up, right? Because well, they're going to be much here's, I don't know. I don't control that shit. All I can tell you is that the the cost of actual fuel is so small. Okay, like you're only talking five percent of your overall cost is fuel. So uranium goes from let's say uh, twenty five to fifty. Gee, they went up to seven and a half percent. So yeah, it's but... not an issue for us. The price. It's not an issue for, for, for you, but you know, if you're only making 5% or making less than 5%, that, that price increase is a large proportion of your margin, right? But the point comes back. Trust me, trust me on this one. Okay. I've done the math. I've done the math with some pretty smart people. Uh, and I did take second year calculus in college. Uh, uranium had to go to $200 mm-hmm. a pound until it was the same impact on the balance sheet as, as the debt. Because you got to remember, we're only providing the little yellow yellow cake. They have to pro- they have to put it, they process it, put it in the little thing. I went through the whole. It it when it gets in, that's just it's like pencils in your office it means nothing, right? Okay. The question is, at the end of the day, what does it cost per kilowatt? Nothing else matters. What will it cost per kilowatt, right? Okay. That's all that matters when people are making decisions where to get their energy, right? That's what matters. And so it, I can, I believe it can. Go, I, I do believe it can go to 100, and I, and it will literally impact mom pa's uh, bill five bucks instead of going 100. It's 105. It's a very small rounding error for the because it's the overall cost of building the reactor. So when people talk about sometimes people confuse fuel uh, when they hand the rod over the stick in and get it. No, no, it's what it takes to get to the rod is very expensive. There's polarizing debates about this on, well, certainly on our platform and uh, chat rooms. You know, like I said, I th- think um, it was an opportunist, opportunist move by Jeff and Amir joined, I understand. Um, and I don't think they had any idea the vast implication it would cause drop prices. Um, and I wonder if they would do it again today. You know, Jeff and me have worked very hard to build those companies from scratch. And I admire people who stick it out. Um, and I always will. But I will not 
possibly support their decision because they basically tried to say we're special, get free, we're corporate begging. I don't like corporate begging. I think it's immoral and it's wrong. Now, do they need to make changes in the way they explore uranium down there and give them some flow to just say we want someone to give us more money so we can put these on? Wasn't right. Like, no, I don't know. I, I, I hear you loud and clear on that one. So let's talk about the impact for you. Um, you, you know, when, when do you guys get into production? Well, we're not going to get until, and the way we said always was the mid 20s. So yeah. it could be 24, 26, depending how the rules are. But, right. You, you know, the, again, it's the East West West story. The Chinese yeah. are a thousand people back there cranking numbers, and they all know in the early 20s is where the big shortage comes. Like, like we said, I think a billion pounds is uncontracted for over yeah. the next eight years. Well, let's talk about that because you know, obviously CGN are a massive shareholder of yours, right? Huge. Um, you, they're, they're in there. They're working with you. You're working with them. You, you, you rate them as a, as a great company. Um, geopolitics doesn't apply here in the way that we've been talking about, does it? I think it does in our case now. I, I think, unfortunately, we have incompetent uh, a drama teacher running our country, um, <laughs> you know, um, right. unfortunately, they don't teach economics, business negotiation, finance, marketing. They didn't teach any of that drama school last I checked. And we have a result of that. We have an incompetent individual who can dance, has good hair um, and a great puppet for the George Soros of the world. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we got a problem with China. And um, and it could have impact on what we do. I'm just giving you a full disclosure. I'm not. However, um, I just gone to Hong. Actually, a fellow from Hong Kong was here, and we're talking about a financing. He says we're fine. He has no issue with it. But it does. I mean, you know, everything has a butterfly effect in this world. As long as there's a guy named Trump in power, you know, Trump. Trump just he doesn't care. Sometimes what happens, he's trying to get a point across, and sometimes. You know, uh, like I always said, I've never liked how he does things, but he gets things done. But I, you know, but it's that I prefer a more presidential approach. But we're not going to get that. We're asking an um, MA fighter to start boxing, you know, the old rules of Doxbury, and he's yeah. and he wants to kick you in the nuts. So I, I think that's it's very he's going to be in trouble for a while. <laughs> Deb, I'm beginning to think you've got a problem with the authority. Don't like Trudeau. Yeah, don't like Trump. Stupidity. <laughs> I have a problem with stupidity. Great answer. Great answer. Um, so just to finish off, you don't really care what happens next week, just you need certainty. Is that what I'm hearing? That's it. You know, and the, 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 you know what? Again, you control what you control. Whatever the stock yep. goes, we'll raise some money. I've got some bankers I've been speaking to regularly on a regular basis. Yep. You know, I've gone to London twice. I've gone to Hong Kong just in the last month or two. And I said, yep. I don't know when the penny will drop, when it is. I need to be able to pick up the phone and talk to you about it. And they okay. said, we love the name. Flow through people love the name. A couple bunch of guys. Um, a lot of our people, I'm, my concern is, is that um, it was people have high expectations of what stocks will do. Now this is out of the way. And yeah. so maybe all you're going to see is them drop and we stay where we are. I don't know. I, you know, but I've seen Next Gen was up this morning. I haven't checked since we've been talking. But we'll start to see it, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think next week will be interesting with the with the share prices and um, getting a better understanding of what is going on out there. Dev, lovely to talk to you as always. 
I'd, I'd love I'd love loved uh, listening to what you had to say and we've we got to do this again soon and you, you've threatened to buy me a pint you still haven't delivered I'm actually coming to London uh, end of this month for one of these week-long weddings that my family's famous for but uh, you should you know you probably should rename your show uh, uranium by Howard, Howard Stern and you should right. just, you know and just do in your voice and take the take the tie off <laughs> and grow your hair long I don't. Th I, I just haven't got what it takes, Dev. I know you have. So, uh... thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.